Don't let the devil stop you. I believe the devil's wanting to do one thing. Stop the church from being the church. Man, it used to be we used to have church and we had church. Folks said amen and praise the Lord. The altars were full and lives were changed and homes were put back together. And men and women, boys and girls came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And today our churches are anemic. But oh, how we need to fight the enemy of our faith. Go with me to the Jude 24 and 25. Only one chapter, of course, in Jude. So you'll just find that place and hold it there for just a moment, please. We'll read it in just a little bit. But I want to start by simply saying some things that I think are very, very, very true. We serve a God who is able to deliver you, to keep you, to help you, and to strengthen you. Now, if you believe that, can this whole church just say amen? We believe that, don't we? As, as Baptist people, Christian people, we believe that God is able. He's able to deliver us and to keep us and to, to strengthen us and to help us. Now, he can do that through any circumstance of life. And there are so many people, as you know, it is the truth. So many people are facing so many difficulties and so many heartaches. Many are asking the question, is there any way out? Can anybody help us in America? Can anybody help us in Finley, Ohio? So many difficulties. Is there anybody out there that can help me? Well, I want to assure you of this thing this morning. There is someone. And his name is Jehovah God. It's Jehovah God. Don't let the devil defeat us today. Say amen. Praise the Lord. I said, there is somebody who can help us, and his name is Jehovah God. Amen. Amen. He can do it. Now, the way you experience that help comes through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our Savior. Now, remember, in the book that we hold in our hands called the Bible, and in that book, that little book of Jude, we are told that in the last days, we would be finding false prophets, men creeping in unawares. Remember that? False prophets, even false doctrines. And he says in that verse that I want you to look at, verse 24 and 25, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I want to ask you a question as you look at me and I look at you. Have any of you ever faced a situation that you wondered how in the world you could ever be delivered from it. Look at me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever faced a situation where that, man, how am I going to be delivered from this? You might be going through something like that even right now as I'm beginning to preach. And God brought me here to help you, to show you the word of God that you can be an overcomer. You said in your mind, I know God's able, but preacher, there's a difference in believing in the mind and knowing in my heart. And in my spirit, 
you know, we must really understand because we have a hard time. And, and you know we do. Let's say a, a tragic thing like an airplane. It goes down. And when it goes down and crashes, two or three hundred people are immediately put to death. And don't we say, what in the world's happening? What's wrong? How could that have happened? If God is able, then why did he allow that to happen? Or maybe we have a dear loved one who suddenly contacts a terrible disease and dies. But he or she was so strong and had so much ability. And we say, dear God, why? What happened? God, if you're able, why did that happen? Now, you know, that's how we feel. Why did God let that happen? And on and on and on. Now, we look at a situation and we question whether or not God is really able in all things or just some things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all of my heart that God is able without limitations. Come on, I need a stronger amen than that. I said God is able without any limitations. Amen. I, that's what we as a church believe. I know you believe the same thing I do. Man, God, my God, is able to do anything and everything without any limitations. He created this whole universe. He speaks and things happen. My God's able. Your God's able. Now to him who is able. Roman numeral number one in my notes. I only have two or three. As you contend for the faith, and does not the word of God say to us that we are to contend for the faith? Now, as we contend for the faith among false doctrine and false prophets and weird things that are going on, you have no reason to be afraid. Because my God, your God, is able to keep you literally from even falling. That word keep you, and he's able, comes from that same Greek word dunamis, the one who has the power, unlimited power, the power of God, unlimited, omnipotent. There is no power. Now, I believe this with all of my heart. I hope you do too. But I believe with all of my heart there is no power at all that equals the power of God. None. In fact, go with me, if you will, to 1 John chapter 4, verse number 4. I'll quote it quickly. Ye are God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Let's not forget that scripture. There's power there. There's an enablement. The power that is in us is greater than the power that's in the world. Jehovah God is omnipotent, and he lives in me. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 and 2, remember God was speaking to Abram and he said, I am the almighty God. I love that word almighty, don't you? I am the almighty God. Listen, do you serve this morning an almighty God or a very weak God? No, you serve an almighty God, the same God that was the God of Abraham. And God said to Abraham, he said, uh, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. That's the Almighty God. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. Here's that word again. The Almighty. Amen. 
almost makes a dead Baptist shout. Amen. Who say glory? Man, we serve an almighty God. I don't represent the, this morning a, a weak, mamsy, pamsy God. I represent the almighty God. But God cannot do anything which would be a violation of his own nature and character. For example, there are some things God cannot do. Do you know that God cannot lie? It's a violation of his character. God cannot and will not lie. God cannot deny himself. Number three, God cannot be tempted to sin. God has, you see, self-imposed limitations. For example... God would not save his son from the cross. Ooh. Can I ask you a question? Church, could God have saved Jesus from the cross? Yes, he could have. But he did not. Why? He chose not to spare his son because God will not execute his own omnipotent power to violate his own character. God could heal today. You talk about the virus and we all know it's a nasty thing. Could God heal the virus like that? Yes, he could. Let's go a step further. Could God heal everybody at the same time in every hospital? Yes, we all know that to be true. God can do that, but he doesn't do that. Could God raise all the dead in all the cemeteries? I just had a funeral just the other day. In fact, yesterday. No, Friday, Friday, Friday. One of the dearest ladies in my church, Guy Tooley's wife, Mrs. Tooley, who was in my church for 40 Eight years. Wow. What a blessing. You know, someday God's going to raise all the dead. But he doesn't do it today. Why? He does not, not because he cannot, but because it does not fit in the will of God. So God only works in keeping with a big plan and his will for the world and for individuals. He is able. You can see the mighty power of God everywhere, can't you? The footprints of God everywhere in this society. But he will never violate his own character and nature. He will never violate his own will. Let me ask you a question. Can you think of anything that could tax the power of God? You know, there's a song, I love it. It says, nothing is impossible. Did you ever hear that song? Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you stand upon his word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there any sin too hard for thee? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon his word. 
What's it say next? For everything, oh, everything, oh, everything is possible with God. Hey, the songster had it right. Nothing is impossible with God. But he'll never violate his own character. Can you think of anything that could ever wear God out? No. Uh, could you think of anything that could take away his strength? No. Why, preacher? Because the power that, that he has comes from an eternal, infinite source. That power and that energy will never run out. God's able. Now, God can do anything his will provides. He can create. He can deliver from Egypt. He can cross the Red Sea with the individuals who he loves. He can knock down walls at Jericho. He can stop the sun. Uh, he can do anything he wants. Now, as I think about all that, as I think of all those miracles in the Old and the New Testament, the display of God's power, the most important miracle and display of God's power Ladies and gentlemen, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now think about that. The greatest power and display of his power is the resurrection of Christ. Because that does give validity to everything else that Christ has said. Listen, the Bible even teaches us if there is no resurrection, we have no hope. If Jesus never rose from the dead, our preaching is in vain. We don't have to believe anything. But he rose from the dead. In 2 Corinthians, go with me if you will in your Bible to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth. Now look, look at the next few words. By the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him, ooh, I love it, by the power of God towards you. You have the power of God. It's an expression of God's love. Uh, because my God is able, guess what? I'm able. Because God's able, you're able. Uh, in fact, what does Philippians chapter 4 Verse 13 say. Now you know it. Some of you have it memorized no doubt. What does Philippians 4.13 say? Does it not say I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If God is able, then I'm able. I can face anything victoriously, triumphantly through Christ because my God is able. Oh, amen, I really believe that, don't you? Because my God is able, I'm able. He lives in me. His spirit and his power, his presence dwells inside of me. And I have the authority and the power to overcome every single situation. I can live triumphantly. Now, we're talking about, in our day, this terrible virus. Is God able to heal this terrible virus? Yes, he is. Is he able to take care of us? Yes, he can. He's got the power. And we all know it. Go with me to Ephesians chapter number 1, uh, verse 18 and 19. 
the omnipotent God is working and living in us. And it doesn't matter what we are facing, how bleak the times look. You know a God and you have a Father who has all the power and is able and is willing to release that power to you. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being opened, or being enlightened, I'm sorry, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Whatever I'm facing today, whatever you're facing, whatever you're looking at down the road, God's able. Now, if I didn't believe that, I would honestly quit preaching. Because we say that God created the heaven and the earth because he was able to do that. And he did it. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. God can do anything. He can change a life that's headed for hell. I told you one time, I I believe when I preached here at Finley before, how that a lady came into the church that Sunday morning and had a revolver in her purse and and a suicide note that she was going to leave because she was just flat upset with herself and couldn't live with herself any longer. And as soon as that church service was over, she was going to shoot herself and die and just be done with it. But she sat in that church service and that preacher preached that morning and salvation was preached And she that morning got up from her seat and walked to the front without the preacher knowing who she was or what she was and what she had in mind. And she herself trusted the Lord Jesus. About a week later, she wrote the preacher a note and said, Listen, preacher, I want you to know, I want you to know, keep preaching the gospel because I came to your church with a revolver in my purse and a suicide note. I was ready to do myself in. But after you got done preaching, I came to an altar and I got saved. And she said, Tomorrow, Sunday morning, I'm going to come and I'm going to come with no revolver and no suicide note because now I have Jesus Christ in my life because God is is able. Wow, God can change a life. How many of you will really testify that one day God changed your life? Could I see your hand? Don't be ashamed. God, preacher, changed my life. Look at that. Hands all over everywhere. Hey, listen, that's what God does. He's able to do all that we could ask or think. What a God we serve. The Bible says in Jude 24, that verse, He's able to keep us from falling. Or in other words, stumbling into sin. You don't need to stumble into sin. After you're saved, you don't need to stumble into sin. Now you may, but you don't need to. He's able. What what do you mean, preacher? He guards us. He cares for us. He protects us. He walks by our side. He looks in on us all the time. We have a father who really does care. And he loves us. Well, not me. I've got to come to my next point, And I wonder how you're going to accept this. If he is able, why doesn't he? You ever ask yourself that question? If God is able... Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he prevent us from getting ourselves in such messes? Why doesn't he stop it? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you ever think God's late? Is God late with anything he does? No. 
Never. Do you think God is up in heaven wringing his hands? I just don't know what to do. I don't know. Do you, listen, I know that Andrew had a little bit of a spell. And Andrew, we love you, man. Everything's fine. Do you think God's up there saying, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen? Come on, help me out. Do you think God was you to doubt? Would he want you to have fear? Would he want you to have frustration? The devil? Would he want you to do that? And you say, well, dear God, he says, I'll take care of it. Just call on my name. And guess what? That's what we did. We came up and had prayer and called on the name of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, God's never late. God never misses an appointment. God never wrings his hand. He never has sweat on his brow. He doesn't know what to do. No, that's never our God. Is God's back against the wall? No, never. God is a supreme sovereign ruler of the universe. And he's able. And because he's able, you're able. Can you say that to me? Here's what I want you to say. Because he's able... I'm able. Ready? Because he's able, I'm able. Woo! Let's walk out of the church this morning saying to the devil, devil, you're in for trouble this week. I heard preacher Lewis talk about I'm able because God lives in me. You, you better run, devil. I'm able. Am I going to have all this fretting and worrying and frustration? I've got a God who's going to make me able. Now listen, there's nothing a surprise to God, is there? And you have a free will. Is that correct? Here's where the teaching really gets strong as far as I'm concerned. Most of us know the truth. You know what is sin and you know what's not sin. Most of us do. And I tell young men all the time, if you, sir, play around with sin, sin has long-reaching tentacles. And those tentacles will wrap around you the more you play with sin and play church. Those tentacles will wrap around you. And as they wrap around you, they'll become stronger And you become in the vice of sin. So don't do that. Don't play around with sin. The more you play around with sin, ladies and gentlemen, it's just an honest truth. The more the tentacles of the devil will wrap around you and engulf you. So how can I solve the problem? Don't play with sin. Here's what we do. We play with sin. And then we say, God, why did you allow that to happen? 
to me because you played with sin. You have a free will. If you choose to violate the truth you know, which is sin, God is not going to act against your choice and your will. Now, he'll put some pressure on you. He'll make it difficult for you to sin. But if you make a choice, you can't blame anybody but yourself. I've talked to young couples that's having marital problems. I'm saying, listen, guys, you're messing your own life up because of what you're doing. Sell out to God. Live for the Lord Jesus. Verse 20 and 21, go uh, back to Jude. And look, if you will, at verse 20 and 21 real quickly. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Do you, see what it, do you see what it says? Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up. See it? Build yourself up. I love that verse. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves. Keep yourselves. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Wow. Protect your intimate relationship with God. Protect your quiet time. Men, what do you do when you're by yourself? Ladies, what do you do when you're by yourself? Is it still godly thoughts? Or is there some wickedness going on in your thinking? That's not keeping yourselves in the love of God. Sometimes we create our own havoc. If you choose to violate the truth, you know, God is not going to act against your choice. We must be in agreement with God. Agreement's the key. Look, if you will, now let's read 1 Corinthians. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that. Ye are able but will with the temptation make a, wow, also make a way of escape. That ye may be able to bear it. How many young men have sat in my office and said, preacher, I can't help it. It was just everything was too strong against me. No, 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 no. You, you let the tentacles of the enemy wrap around you. And you've got to keep yourself in the love of God. So important. God has made a way to escape. But sometimes the way of escape doesn't fit our human reasoning. And then we ask, why did you allow that, God? God says, I gave you a way out, but you didn't take it. God is able and he offers a path of deliverance, but you didn't listen. God sends warnings sometimes, even with a guest preacher. I'm a guest preacher today. Maybe God's sending a warning to somebody today, a warning that needs to be heeded, and an altar service needs to be had. God, I've not been doing things right in my life, and I'm going to come and yield myself to God. Sometimes it's a friend that talks to you, sometimes it's a Sunday school teacher. But God wants to talk with you. He's able. And so are you. Now someday, we're going to stand in the presence of his glory. Verse 25. Let's go back to verse 25. 
We're just about finished with this message. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Someday we're going to stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, faultless, spotless. Follow me now to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1, I want to read verses 3 through 5. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Before you were born, God chose you to be holy and blameless. He wants to keep you from falling. But in eternity, you're going to stand before his presence forever. When we're saved, we are eternal. We all agree with that. And God is able to present us faultless. One day Jesus Christ is going to present us before the Father and as spotless trophies of his grace. Now listen, we're not spotless trophies with other people. But we can be a spotless trophy because we've been washed in the blood of Christ. The blood has covered our sins and set us free. Not here. We'll never be perfect here. But we will be there. And I got to thinking about that. Your spotlessness, this is so good, is not based on your performance. But it's based on the blood of Jesus. Not everybody's going to agree with everything you say or do. But if you've been washed in the blood, are you washed in the blood, in the soul? Cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, are you washed? Are you this morning? If I'm washed in the blood, then the Holy Spirit, the power of God, has moved in and lives in me. And because He's able, I'm able. I don't know what you're facing, what your frustrations are this morning. But you could come today and trust the Lord Jesus. And you could say to him today, Lord, I'm saved, I'm born again, but I've just been troubled by some things. Give that to God. God will bless you. You see, the only way is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's the atoning death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Wash in the blood. God is able. He has the power to do anything and everything. Keep us from falling down here. Present us faultless before his throne without any blemishes. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody needs to remember this. You will be presented spotless at the judgment seat of Christ if you're saved. Or you're going to stand at the great white throne judgment with every sin you've ever committed. With every wrong motive in every wrong attitude and be judged if you're not saved. Wow. He says, I'm going to stand in the presence 
of the glory of God. And all I want to do is praise Him and magnify Him because He was able to keep me. Are you excited this morning that God is able to keep you? Listen, you don't have to keep yourself. It's not your performance. It's His shed blood. 